Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. To answer the three most important questions we could ever ask. Who am I? Where do I belong? And what am I living for? And today I would like to look to the question, what am I living for? And I wonder how you would answer that question. Would it be to make money and have a good time? To bring up my family well? To live a good life by helping others? To bring others to Christ? Well, what crossed my mind was an expression from my youth that man's chief aim is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But is that why we exist? Is it true that the reason we're on this planet is to glorify God and enjoy him forever? Well, if the source of all truth is the Bible, then what does the Bible have to say about our purpose in life? Well, several Old and New Testament scriptures do tell us that God created the entire universe to demonstrate his glory to us and to all of creation. For instance, Genesis 1.27 tells us that we were made as human beings in the image of God. And that implies that we are to participate in and to enjoy all that God is. And then to reflect his glory as best as we finite creatures can. All that his beautiful glory is to the world and the creation around us. Isaiah 43, 7 similarly demonstrates that we were created to experience God by letting him demonstrate his glory for through us. And 1 Corinthians 10 and 1 Peter 4 make it very clear that we are to live our lives down to the minutest detail, down to how we eat and how we drink and how we do everything for the glory of God. So there is a firm biblical foundation that glorifying God is indeed the ultimate reason for everything we are and everything we do in our lives. But how does that statement, our chief aim is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, make you feel? Does it fill you with fascination or fear or failure? It's the first thing that crosses your mind thinking, oh no, what do I have to do to glorify God? Can I glorify him enough? Can I, oh, how do I glorify him more? Well, today, friends, God wants us to rejoice in the fact that yes, he created us to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. He wants us to rejoice in the fact that he created us to glorify him when we enjoy him forever. As John Piper uh, coined the expression, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. But what does that mean and how do we do that? Well, let's first look at what is God's glory. The Hebrew word used in scripture for glory is kavod and it means the weight or the significance. So God's glory is the significance of who he is. God's glory is God revealing the significance of who he is in a form that we human beings can begin to recognize and respond to. So do you see that it is God who glorifies himself by choosing 
to reveal his significance to us? Do you see that our role in this is to respond to what God reveals of the significance of himself? Do you see that the response that we should have is to rest in, to trust, to put our faith in what God reveals of the significance of himself for our individual situation. Because that's what happens throughout all of the Bible and indeed all of time. When God reveals his glory to people, he wants us to respond by resting in, putting our trust in, putting our faith in, the significance of who he is for that situation that we are facing. So let's look at a couple of biblical examples. At the burning bush, God reveals an aspect of who he is to Moses and indeed to us. He wants us to rest in the fact that there is a significance in his name of Yahweh. So what is Yahweh? Yahweh is derived from the Hebrew word verb to be, to exist. And it it implies a whole host of things. It implies that God exists But he exists not only now, but in the past and in the future. That he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, who is and who was and who is to come. That he is consistent, completely consistent with himself throughout time. That he is the same yesterday, today and forever. That he is greater than anything else in creation. And that in fact, nothing brought him into existence and nothing is needed for him to be supported or to counsel him or to help him or to make him what he is. No, he is the definition of everything and that our attempts to define him are completely inadequate. It also means that he is supreme above everything, that he is the definition of beauty, that he is the definition of holiness, that he is the definition of purity, that he is the definition of truth. And that if we want to find all these things, we need to look to him. And it also defines that he is above everybody and every power and every force and every spiritual power in the universe. So no matter what situation we are in, when we look to what he has revealed of himself and rest in that, then we have what we need for that situation. But Yahweh is also God's incredibly personal first name. It's so it's telling us in that that not only is he the God who is beyond all, but this God who is beyond all wants to be known by us as our own personal God. This unrivaled God is our God. When Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? His reply is, Yahweh, your God, your unique and uniquely unique God is the answer. And love Yahweh with all that you have and all that you are. Why? Because Yahweh first loved you with all that he has and all that he is. So, Friends, let's rest in the revelation of what God has revealed to himself. But you see, we have an even greater revelation of who God is 
than even Moses at the burning bush. If the revelation, if the glory of God is a revelation of God revealing the significance of who he is to us human beings so we can respond to him, then Jesus, God in human form, coming down to earth and to live as our perfect representative human being, is the greatest ever revelation of God's glory. Hebrews 1.3 puts it this way, through the Son, God made the whole universe, and to the Son, he has ordained that all creation shall ultimately belong. The Son, the radiance of the glory of God, flawless expression of the nature of God, himself the upholding principle of all that is, effected in person the reconciliation between God and man, and then took his seat at the right hand of the majesty on high, thus proving himself by the more glorious name that he has won, far greater than all the angels of God. Jesus Christ, God himself, is the word who became flesh, who came and made the invisible God visible, who came to show us the exact imprint of God's nature, who came to show us the Father in himself, who came that the love of God might be manifested. Jesus did all of this because he came to glorify the Father. You see, that's what we've been reading in Ephesians 1, 6. Chapter 1, verse 6 is all about that God's grace to us as expressed in the tremendous love of Jesus that cascades over us is what gives God glory. So do you see that God is glorified in your life by God's grace? Because Jesus took the initiative to come down from heaven and set us right with God? Do you see that God is glorified in your life by his grace? Because Jesus died for you as you, that Jesus was buried for you as you, that Jesus rose from the dead for you as you, and that Jesus is ascended to the right hand of the Father for you as you. Do you see that God is glorified in your life by his grace. Because at this very moment, Jesus is glorifying the Father for you as you. Do you see the liberating truth that what Jesus has already done for us by his grace brings God all the glory that God would ever need or require in our lives? So if we're worried about having to do something to give God glory or if we're giving him enough glory or we're feeling guilty because we need to give him more glory, please rest in this truth that only God can give God glory. God's glory has nothing to do with what we do for him or what we don't do for him. Please rest in this truth that what Jesus has won for us on the cross already satisfies all the glory that God will ever need in our lives. Hebrews 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 9 tells us, 
there still exists, therefore, a full and complete rest for the people of God. And he who experiences his real rest is resting from his own work as fully as God from his. Here the Bible is teaching us that the Sabbath is all about Jesus. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. The Hebrew word for Sabbath means to rest, to stop, to finish what needed to be done. On declaring it is finished, Jesus, our perfect representative human being, rested from every work that God has ever needed of mankind. And then he sat down at the right hand of the Father because there was nothing left for him to do. It was all done. And therefore, friend, the only thing for us to do is to rest in all that Christ has done for us. That is what brings God glory. So are you doing that? Are you resting in, in all that Christ has won for us? When you think of God's glory, does it fill you with joy or does it fill you with fear? If it fills you with fear, please know this, that God chose through Jesus to show how gentle, how kind, how loving, forgiving, merciful and gracious he is to us, that he wants to be our God. And if you've never done that and you'd love to do that, why don't you press the raise hand icon on the chat line? Or why don't you send us an email and we'll help you grow in knowing this unrivaled yet so personal God. But maybe you're getting a greater revelation of God's glory. Well, why don't you talk to your friends about it? Why don't you mention it at, at your home group? Because we all want to grasp the fullness of God's glory in our lives. And then man's chief, that expression, man's chief aim is to glorify God, goes on to say this. It goes on to say, enjoy him forever. Now that might seem peculiar because linking God's glory and our enjoyment of him might seem a bit weird, a bit odd. But that's exactly what the Westminster uh, Catechism and indeed John Piper's expression of God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him does. But what could God's desire for us to glorify him possibly have to do with our enjoyment of him? Well, the link lies in our new identity in Christ. As the most valuable being in all the universe, the most glorious, the most loving thing that God could ever do for us is to make us in, the, in his image, to make us in the image of his beauty and his glory. And if he does that, then there is no higher calling. There is no greater enjoyment than to point to the one who is the greatest possible worth. And when we perfectly reflect the perfect image of God, then we are most satisfied in our lives. And that's exactly what God did at the beginning of creation. He made us in his image. 
<laughs> the problem is that we choose not to reflect that image. We choose not to delight in who he is. We choose an image for ourselves. We choose to delight in something other than God, to give something other than God the glory. And in doing so, we lost our satisfaction. We lost our enjoyment. We lost what is true peace in life. But that's where Jesus comes in, because Jesus comes back. He comes down to rescue us from that situation, to reveal his glory back to us again in himself. Hebrews 1.3 puts it this way, the sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. You see, Jesus provided the way to transform us back into the image of himself, back into the image that we were meant to be, we were created to be. And through the Holy Spirit, he is going on continually transforming us into an ever greater reflection of his glory. This is what 2 Corinthians 3 says when it says, All of us then reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces. And that same glory coming from the Lord is the Spirit, transforms us, transforming us into his likeness in an ever greater degree of glory. As we are changed into his ever-increasing glory, we realise more and more profoundly that Jesus is all we need, all we want and all we desire. Jesus' love for us and our love for Jesus becomes the, our total satisfaction. In realising the enormity of what God has done for us through Jesus, we delight in him out of our immense gratitude to him. It is his infinite joy welling up in us that gives us all the satisfaction we could ever want. Then we delight in joining him in reflecting the glory of his transforming power in our lives, that is Christ in us, to the crea his creation, by the way we behave, by the way we live, by what we say and what we do. And in that, God is glorified. And in that, we receive satisfaction. And when we do that, the people around us see that we are reflecting Christ in us. They see the beauty of Christ's image in us. And then they want to know him for themselves. But do you see that when they look at us and see Christ's image in us and they glory in the beauty of what Christ is in us, it also glorifies us. They find our life beautiful and glorious because Christ in us is beautiful and glorious. And, and that's to me amazing that God in his infinite grace by asking us to glorify him, chooses to glorify us in the process. But why does he do that? Because when Jesus comes again, he's coming for a glorified people, a glorious body, his church. His people are 
will be glorious and victorious. And when he comes again and we see him in heaven, wow, we'll be even more glorious. And our joy in him and our enjoyment of him will be even more fantastic. But until then, let's not lose sight of the answer to the question. What am I living for? We are living to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We're living to glorify God when we enjoy him forever. And we do that by resting in all that he has revealed of his glory, of his significance to us. And when we do that, we will reflect his image of his beauty, his glory, his magnificence to others. And that is why we were created in the first place. So friends, let us live our lives in this liberating truth that God wants us to pursue our full and complete happiness. Yeah, God wants us to pursue our full and complete happiness. And our full and complete happiness is only found in him. When we do that, he is glorified and we are most satisfied. Mm -hmm.